welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podiman, Audible, Stitcher. <laughs> I'm jumping ahead this time with a different one. Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Double Twist. Thank you once and always for downloading and listening to the show. It's a great pleasure to be back on board with you once again today. It doesn't even matter anymore. It doesn't matter. It just it just doesn't matter anymore. Uh, it doesn't matter if I rearrange the order of podcast applications you can use. Well, it really doesn't, actually, as long as you know what they are and you download the show. I appreciate you a million times over. I appreciate every one of you. Uh, a thousand episodes into the career now. This is episode 1001 overall for Purple Mafia, Pre Paladino Live, Timberwolves Explosion, Brave the Wild, Showtime and T-Wolves, Freedom of Thought, Thousand and one episodes now, and well, still no championships for any of our teams. And boy, Vikings feel like they're light years away, and they certainly sure as heck are. And if we're not starting over at head coach and general manager after what we saw, okay, uh, I don't know what else to say about that one. Minnesota Vikings semi predictably lose to the Detroit Lions in Detroit, Michigan, handing Dan Campbell his first NFL win and Jared Goff's first win as quarterback of the Detroit Lions as. Generous as he was today, twenty-nine to twenty-seven. Oh Here we go. God. Oh, what? Come on! And no matter how many times Phil Mackey will reply "Happy Holidays" to when his callers say "Merry Christmas" to him, no matter how many times he's going to pull it, I'm going to keep saying it's Christmas season. And yes, it is Christmas season. It's the season of giving, and that's uh, what the Vikings did. That's what the Lions did. That's what the Vikings did. That's what the Lions did. That's what the Vikings did. What the yeah, both teams just wanted to lose, I guess. Um, but unfortunately, well. Maybe the Vikings didn't want to lose, but they somehow acted like they did. I don't know. One mistake after another. The ultra-conservative coaching, to me, is the nail in the coffin. It's over, Johnny. It's over. It's over. Judd Zolgad said this perfectly, and I should just say it without even mentioning anybody's name. No shout-outs necessary. This does bring clarity. This absolutely brings clarity. It is over. Stop playing around. Stop bleeping around. Talking about... We're, well, you know, you know, we're still in it. We're still in it. And Mike Zimmer, maybe he's going to get a nice win versus Pittsburgh and we're still in it. And, you know, maybe he'll still get a two-year extension or something. No, Mike Zimmer will not coach the Minnesota Vikings in 2022. Mike Zimmer will not coach the Minnesota Vikings in 2022 unless the ownership is mentally something. Yeah, you fill in the blank. They have to be messed up in the head to be making that decision. Um... There is no question. You cannot bring Mike Zimmer back, and it's time to move on from Spielman. It's time to move on. It's over. It's clarity. Rip off the Band-Aid. Clarity. Rock bottom. One of those will be the title of this episode. Rip off the Band-Aid. Clarity. Or rock bottom. Because it's all the above. Maybe that'll be the title of the episode. Ah, all the above is too broad. It can mean anything. It can mean we're the greatest team ever. It can mean we're the worst team ever. It can mean we're the most mediocre team ever. I think we're the most mediocre team ever. Uh, make a move, guys. Time to make the move. We'll find out maybe Monday morning. Otherwise, we're just going to wait till the end of the year like the Vikings did with Leslie Frazier, pardon me. But I believe week three, when the Vikings lost to Cleveland and dropped to 0-3, and it was plain as day where that team was headed in the Christian Ponder era in 2013. It was plain as day where things were going there that uh, Frazier was not going to come back. And he didn't, and I predicted it uh, at that point. And I said, Frazier will not return as head coach of the Vikings, and of course the whole staff will be gone, and maybe an exception or two here and there, who hang around oftentimes, like Prefer hung around, I guess, for a while. Um, 
uh, Kevin Stefanski hung around for a while. Let's just say Vince Germano, Cleveland Browns fan, living in Victoria, the Victoria Providence, Melbourne, Australia. Yes, uh, big Lakers fan, but big Cleveland Browns fan as well, and an absolutely dear friend of mine. He calls him Kevin, well, I'll get to the Twitter account. I think it's crap. <laughs> Kevin Krapstansky. Uh, yeah, because he's, yeah, he's not doing as well this year. I don't know if it's really his fault, but it's not working in Cleveland. It's just not working. Um, but let's hear from uh, General Manager Bill Guerin. This is what we need for our General Manager of the Minnesota Vikings. He needs to talk like this. Well, that, that's kind of the thing. Like, I've got to figure out, like, what, what's the issue? You know, why, mm-hmm. why have we been falling short? The teams are good. Um, the guys play hard. But there's something uh, rooted here that is, that's not working. And it's not just trading players and, you know, changing the GM and things like that. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's something in the, in the way that we operate every day. It's something in the culture, and we need to change it. Mm-hmm. Listen. You guys know what this is all about, right? Right? What's it all about? Spurgy? Hard work and having fun. That. This is about winning. That's the kind of general manager we need. You know, uh, there's something rooted here that's not working, and we need to change it. I repeat this kind of stuff all the time, but it needs to be changed. The culture needs to be changed, and yes, it does need to be a general manager and somebody that has that kind of mentality. Because look at the Minnesota Wild. Just take a look. Just take a look. And it was a coach by the name of Dean Evison that helped be the perfect match who somehow, some way, was chosen by the previous general manager who made a jackass of himself for two years. Absolutely was rude to everybody and closed-minded as all get-out named Paul Fenton. Brought in Dean Evison, and he was the vision of that guy's uh, he was going to be his future coach, and somehow, some way, he wound up being the future coach anyway through Bill Guerin. Still ended up being a perfect match. Sometimes you find the right coach in, through the strangest, strangest ways the, and in the strangest fashion possible. However, this franchise does it. Please, please, in, in the name of God, please do it. <laughs> in the name of God, please do it. Uh, find the right guy to not only coach the team, but also to run the uh, run office the right general manager because they have to clean house. They have got to do it. I don't care if you think five and seven is competitive. I don't give a damn. I don't give a damn about five and seven. We're still in the hunt. We're in the hunt for Red October, right? Yeah, whatever that means. We're in the hunt. Yeah, so are the Bears. The Bears are in the hunt. Nagy was, they were talking about firing Nagy on Black Friday, right? Yeah, the Bears are in the hunt. Who cares about the Bears? The Bears couldn't beat Anybody, you know, I mean, they might beat the Vikings in Chicago. All right, go Bears. Woohoo. <laughs> Bear down, Chicago Bears. Da 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 da. You know, that's about it. Uh, no, the only team in this division right now that can celebrate and sing their song is Go Pack Go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not saying that with any enthusiasm, but it's about it. But when you look at the talent on this roster, the talent in this offense, and you're telling me this team should be 5-7, and seven, losing to the Detroit Lions at home or on the road. I don't give a damn. They should have gotten swept by the Lions this year, by the way. Vikings should have been swept by the Lions this year. Swept by the Lions this year. <laughs> yeah, isn't that great? We should have, if not for Kirky McClutchington, as some people say. Yeah, you know, he had a nice little game-winning drive and all that. 
Unfortunately, this time, the Detroit Lions had just enough time to get the job done to beat the Vikings. And that prevent defense. Mike Zimmer, with the ultra-conservative... <laughs> I'm about to squeeze my freaking... <laughs> Mike Zimmer with the ultra-conservative offense. Obviously, you have Ole Udo setting things up with a stupid-ass uh, false starts or a stupid-ass holding penalty. It's just always, you know, it's number 74, number 74, number 74, number 74. It used to be, uh, nah, I'll leave that one alone. Was it 63 offense? 73 offense. That would have been Todd Stuzzi back in the day. All those false starts. Um, <laughs> Ole Udo, though, with the, all the damn penalties that drove us nuts. That push your, off, push your team back when you have all kinds of opportunities. And then you go with the check downs. The two-yard loss. Not the two-yard gain, the two-yard loss. A play that made no sense at all. Defenders were just waiting for the player. Uh, the absolutely predictable trying to, trying to run the ball up the middle, I don't know how many times, or to the side, slightly to the side. It would have been to the right. Over and over again, like the same bleep and play, basically, or similar bleep and play, similar idea, time and time again. Uh, the two-point conversions that all failed, over three. I don't know how you managed to be over three on the two-point conversions, but, the, but we pulled it off. That's why I wound up with a weird number, like 27. Great. Just great. Um... It's, it's entertaining stuff. Um, but that's how you wind up in that situation, is is the ultra-conservative coaching, the ultra-conservative offense, and, oh, we, well, we don't want to do this, we don't want to do that, this and that. You just literally just wave the white flag when you have an opportunity to do something. And then the defense is prevent defense because you don't want to screw up, right? Well, you gave like 55,000 yards to a team that needed a little hope. And they got it. They, they got their hope. It ended up working out. And I never saw Goff and that excited in his life. A man who played in the Super Bowl with the Los Angeles Rams just a few years back. Quarterback of the Los Angeles Rams just a few years back. Lost to the Patriots, of course. Nanana boo-boo. But uh, gets his first win as a Detroit Lion 12 games into the season. I never saw him run that fast. I never saw him <laughs> that excited. Embracing... Dan Campbell on the sidelines. And yes, Everson Griffin's missing from the Minnesota Vikings. And yes, he's going through this. He's going through that. And uh, yeah, yeah, apparently he's bipolar and all that. And all the uh, respect and prayers for him going forward. That does not mean this team should be so prevent, should not even pressure Jared Goff really hardly at all throughout the whole game, except maybe early on a little bit. DJ Wanham was providing a bit of pressure, and that was really nice. It was really helpful. But any momentum this team may have had a few weeks back after beating the Green Bay Packers, it's it's down the bleeper. It, it's done. It's gone. It's kaput. Oh, it's kaput. Cameron Dantzler, yeah, with the interception, but got, you know, just left the guy open at the end. Cameron Dantzler. Xavier Woods was awful again. Just he's, he's not a good safety. I would much rather have Bynum in there if I had a choice. If I had a choice between Bynum and Woods, I'll take Bynum. Uh, I would. Harrison Smith was all right. Bashard Breland got beat a million times. The penalty called on Bashard Breland, to be fair, was nonsense. It was nonsense. It looked like it looked like the ref saw him, you know, like the angle you saw the play at first, it looked like, okay, yeah, that was dumb. He was just all over the, play, the, the guy. Uh, but no, he wasn't. He was not all over the guy at all. <laughs> at all. His hand wasn't even touching the receiver, maybe for a split second. So, I don't know. That was not a great call. 
So I'm not going to completely trash him Breland, Breeland, even though he was not good. Bashad Breeland, even though he was not good overall. Um, I guess Nick Vigil ended up leading the Vikings in tackles. That's good. We appreciate that. And, of course, yes, uh, the defense was missing pieces. But they also got their spectacular, absolutely run-stuffing defensive tackles, both of them back. Michael Pierce and Dalvin Tomlinson, both back. You know, the guy who maybe would have been the greatest running back ever, Dalvin Tomlinson. That's what it sounds like, right? The best running back ever. Not a defensive tackle or three technique who got one tackle today. One tackle today. It was technical football again for the Lions. It was technical football against the Vikings is the whole point. It felt like they'd get seven yards of carry. They didn't wind up with that, but it sure looked like it when the game was being played. Four or five, six yards of carry. You didn't really see any anybody getting in the backfield. Nobody broke loose because none of these guys are that great, but they got the yards they needed. You don't need to get 70 yards to move the chains. If you can move the chains consistently, particularly later in the game, well, more power to you. <laughs> and you never really saw the Vikings snuffing them out uh, that much. Here and there, though. Justin Jefferson, absolutely spectacular game. Makes the Vikings look like a spectacular <clears throat> offense. As uh, Again, 182 yards. So uh, I appreciate that they targeted him 14 times in the game. That's good. But when it mattered most, the play calling and the overall decision-making by the, by the quarterback and the coaching staff was just not acceptable. I want I want the whole big three, the whole big three, the, the, the leaders of this franchise, Rick Spielman, Mike Zimmer, and Kirk Cousins somewhere else next year, somewhere else, or unemployed, whatever it is, whatever it is. In Rick Spielman's case, I don't know where he would wind up in a, in a short fashion. Zimmer could easily be scooped up to be a defensive coordinator or whatever, secondary coach, if he wants to drop down that far. Or if he just wants to retire, say hell with it. I wouldn't blame him, but I, I don't think so. I think he's a lifer. Uh, obviously, Kirk Cousins will be playing somewhere next year, and I hope it's not here. If it's in San Francisco, to hold things over and maybe have a couple of great seasons, yeah, maybe, with his, uh, with his buddy Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, we'll see. Um, but I don't want him as the Vikings quarterback anymore. He could put up the great numbers until the cows come home, but he shrinks. He's a shrinking violet most of the time in the big moments. He's going to have good games and good moments, and this is one of his. This has been his best year, pretty much, in those clutch moments down the down the stretch. But the Vikings are still five and seven. They're still five and seven. Um, he completely was a shrinking violet again. I mean, think about who he lost to this year. In a lot of ways. Cooper Rush. We lost to Cooper Rush and how Kirk Cousins was a shrinking violet in that game. We lost to it's not how it's not necessarily that Jared Goff is the worst quarterback ever, but he sure as hell isn't good. He, he's not that good. He's another Kirk Cousins, honestly. He's just younger. He's a younger Kirk Cousins, but the same, you know, freaking out whenever there's pressure and making t crucial mistakes, which is what Jared Goff did multiple times in this game. To be quite honest. Uh, at the end of the day. And he's extremely expensive. He's not as expensive as Kirk Cousins, but really, frankly, nobody is except maybe Patrick Mahomes. That's about it because of that gigantic contract. You know, that, that he, he could buy like a colony on the moon with that contract. Okay, maybe not that much. <laughs> that's, that's reserved for, uh, that's reserved for uh, the owner of Amazon, I guess. You could, you could buy the moon. My God. Um, overall, again, the statistics, 
if you just want to sit and look at stats and analytics and everything, maybe, well, maybe not analytics, but the stats themselves, Kirk Cousins, 75% completion percentage, 340 yards. He didn't turn the ball over, did he? Two touchdowns. Quarterback rating of 116. You did good. What the hell's your problem, Joey? What the hell's your problem, Vikings fan that's stick of this crap? What the hell's your problem, dude? Kirk Cousins did everything. And Justin Jefferson, 182 yards. What's what's the problem, man? The problem is the shrinking violet when it matters most. That's the problem. And here's the thing. Even if he has his clutch moments, Kirk Cousins, here and there, against occasionally a good team, but usually a not really good team, he's not going to string enough together to get you to a Super Bowl, much less win a Super Bowl. You do understand the Vegas would have to go on the road and win three games on the road to get to the Super Bowl. And then, and then by the way, getting to the Super Bowl ain't enough. you you got to win it. you got to win the Super Bowl. This franchise has lost the first four Super Bowls it went to, and it's been 45 years since the last one, last Super Bowl appearance. You don't go to the Super Bowl and lose. You just don't. It's You, you do not want to be the first team to go 0-5 in the Super Bowl. By the time the Broncos lost their fifth Super Bowl, they'd won two in a row before that. With the uh, in the Terrell Davis, John Elway, you know, at the end of John Elway's career, and Terrell Davis is only part of his career, unfortunately, because once he had the ACL, he was never the same. Um, so <laughs> that was a fantastic team. You do not want to be the first team to go 0-5 in the Super Bowl. You cannot be that team. Refuse. Absolutely no, I refuse. Let's have the better win-win-loss record than Buffalo. Let's pass them somehow. What's also great is, uh, well, at least both kickers made all their kicks. Greg Joseph made all of his kicks. Yes. Riley Patterson. Do you remember Riley Patterson, folks? I kept thinking, wait a minute. Is that this? Yeah, it is. It's, it is Riley Patterson. For some reason, I kept thinking Riley Emerson. No, it is Riley Patterson. There was the other kicker in training camp and mini camps and blah, blah, blah. The whole time, there was competing against... Greg Joseph, and I thought had a wonderful head on his shoulders when he was interviewed in conversations and such. He was fantastic in today's game. Uh, luckily, he, his kick wasn't the one that beat us, but then again, you know, tactically, if he missed one of them, the Vikings might have won by a point, maybe, or he would have gone to OT, actually, cause, and see what happens. But it's just ironic and funny how that took place. <laughs> it's just funny to see him there, uh, Riley Patterson, and you know what, Riley? More power to Riley Patterson. Even if it's the Detroit Lions, it's a job. It's a job, and they're bound to be better than, well, maybe not, but they're bound to be better than 1-15 in uh, 15 or 2-14 in 14 or, well, 1-whatever in whatever the heck it's going to be, 1-16, 2-15, 3-, you do the math, whatever it is. Um, they're bound to be better at some point, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe I'm just talking out of my you-know-what at the end of the day, which is what I've been known for at times. Awful, just awful, awful game all over the place. You know, it was, it's entertaining as a host of a podcast, or if you're like local radio, live radio, YouTube radio, whatever the heck it is, YouTube, podcast, vidcast, whatever the hell they call it. It's entertaining to talk about, but at the end of the day, I mean, it's it's still, (laughs) it still was an awful football game. It was terrible quality. Like, say, if the game was equal to quality of, like, television views or something. We're back in the 480s, boy. We're back at 480 resolution. That's what I'm talking about. That's what this was. Black and white as well. Black and white. 480. That's where our quality is right now when it comes to, you know, like, say if, <laughs> say if uh, Arizona 
it's 4k or 8k yeah that's where we're at right now that that's what kind of game this was and i don't know uh, i didn't think detroit would go winless this year especially with how they were in every game but of course it was the vikings right of, uh, of course it was nice to see kj osborne back in the mix again and making some catches unfortunately one of them uh, was ruled not a catch when it sure looked like one um but still went up with 47 yards and got in the end zone Justice Jefferson, again, had that big touchdown in 182 yards. Uh, Tyler Conklin also had a touchdown taken away because he was out of bounds, unfortunately. That sucks. And Adam Thielen on the first play of the game in his direction. No, second play in the game in his direction. I couldn't tell what it was. It turns out it was an ankle injury. That's what it turns out. I thought it was. It, he got hit in the head. I thought he hurt his arm. But no, it was, a, <laughs> it was an ankle injury. It's just the way they respond sometimes. You never know what the heck the injury is until the report is out. Um, so, of course, again, no Delvin Cook today. No Eric Hendricks either. That does not help, and I understand. But you still should have a chance in this game, especially when you get Michael Pierce and Delvin Tomlinson, where you invested a lot of money in the interior line defensively, the, the defensive tackles. You invested a lot of money in those guys, and they haven't done jack bleep. They have not done jack bleep. Oh, boy, oh, boy. All kinds of blame to go around, of course. You know, everything. Just the leadership of the franchise, generally speaking, in this situation. Clarity. Clarity. Clarity, folks. Clarity. I said that 50 times now. The, well, the Fran Tarkington Award, it's got to go to Justin Jefferson. Absolutely spectacular game. Early on in the game, it was going to go to DJ Wanham, and obviously, you know, the pass rush kind of disappeared. And again, that's some of that's coaching scheme. Some of that's just, you know, they contained him somehow. They Somehow, some way they did. But he had a very good game, to be fair. DJ Wanham. Dancer had some good moments. He had the interception. He had multiple pass deflections. But he got beat late, unfortunately. But I, I thought he had a pretty good game until later on, generally speaking. Maybe I'm an idiot. Uh, you saw nothing out of Nuango, uh, Nuangu. Kene Nwangu. That's, I guess, how you say it. From Iowa, basically. Iowa State, pardon me. Kene Nwangu. So now I got it right. Congratulations, Joey, right? <laughs> but the Christian Potter Memorial, it could go to the interior line on defense. It could go to Ola Udo. It could go to Christian Christian Ponder, so to speak. It could go to, it could go to the Christian Ponder of today, Kirk Cousins. Could you imagine? I mean, it's like you look at the stats and you think, how the hell can you give him that? But I don't know. He wasn't nearly as good as his stats show. He wasn't. He is a stat guy, folks. He's a big box score. Kirk Cousins is a big box score. Years ago, I believe it was Paul Allen called Aaron Rodgers a big box score, and he ended up eating Grove for the next 15 years. You know, because obviously Aaron Rodgers is a first ballot Hall of Famer, regardless how you complain, and regardless how the media is going to trash him for not wanting a vaccine or whatever. That's his choice at the end of the day. So, sorry sorry to inform you, media, that is his choice. Regardless, of, you know, you can call him whatever he wants. Whatever you want, yeah, he lied about it. But, well, actually, he didn't. He just said, I'm immunized. <laughs> he was a little manipulative about it, but because maybe it's none of your damn business, media. You can talk about it behind the scenes with your coaching staff and everything. He never actually said he was vaccinated. So, anyhow, why did I get into that? Sorry. Um, the Christian Potter Memorial, 
I guess it's, I mean, it's going to have to go to Ole Udo. It's going to have to go to the interior line and it's going to have to go to Zimmer and Kubiak. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a shared ponder memorial for today. Uh, you know, and again, a, a game like this makes you want, want to rip the bandaid off right now. And why the hell not? Why the hell shouldn't you want to rip off the bandaid? Uh, why would anybody not want to rip off the bandaid right now? I'm even wondering if there's some kind of news out there, but I doubt it. No. It's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, uh, to me, it's, it, it's over, and anybody that says else, I think is missing the boat at the end of the day. With that said, I'll take a break. We'll come back, and we'll preview the upcoming game, and of course, we'll look around the league first. We are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two. Time to look around the league and next week's opponent. It'll be a Thursday night game. I will likely kind of piece that show together, if you know what I mean, like the segments and such. So the show will probably be released like a typical time Sunday night, if I can handle it. I will likely record the first segment right after the game or the next morning. No, I can't record it next morning. It would be uh, because I got to do Timberwolves Explosion. So I'll try to try my best to record the first segment after the game, depending on how things go, or I'll just do it all on Sunday, uh, one way or another. So the show will not be released Thursday night. The show will not be released Friday morning, because Friday morning the commitment is Timberwolves Explosion. So just giving you a heads up about that at the end of the day. Speaking of heads up, let's do this now so I don't forget and wait until the last second. The Vigit application, and I'll do the crypto thing in the uh, the next one, in the next break. The Vigit application, V-I-G-I-T, two separate words. What are they offering? Well, it's basically free sport. It's free sports betting, basically. Like, you're not really betting money. It's like fantasy betting, fantasy sports betting. So social media for sports bettors. You can post about your picks, see what others are saying about games. Vigit Betting League is a month-long betting competition to see who the best sports better is over the course of a month. Free-to-play sports book, bet free coins, win real prizes. Betting stats. There's great information available on the Vigit like line movement where the public is betting. This is, again, not real money wagering. This is about, it's kind of like fantasy betting. Like, say, your fantasy team, shoot, sorry, <laughs> your fantasy team, uh, you know, competing against the other fantasy team, blah, blah, blah. So, like, you picked Detroit to beat the Vikings today. Yeah, you probably did. You probably came out pretty good. I figured the Lions would cover the seven-point spread, and they, you know, even if the Vikings won, they would have covered. But I was thinking the Vikings would win. Well, guess what? Yeah. Detroit covered and won the game, so congratulations to those of you that bet that direction. And Phil Mackey warned a lot of people about that during the show uh, earlier in the week on Purple Daily, I believe it's called. So, damn, let's look around the league. Thursday night, Dallas versus New Orleans, old bitter rivals for many, 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 many years. The Dallas Cowboys win, I always have that accent when I talk about them, versus the Nolans Pelicans, no, the New Orleans Saints. 27-17. Who was quarterback of the Saints this time? <laughs> no, that's kind of what it's like. It's Taysom Hill this time around. And he was a 
hot mess, to be quite honest. Threw for 264, but four INTs, a couple touchdowns. Taysom Hill's not a starting quarterback in the league, I don't think. Obviously, he's more of a, you know, a trick play type of quarterback, you know, kind of a fantasy quarterback, kind of a, you know, he's fun to have in there multiple times during the course of a game for trick plays and special plays and this and that. You can kind of put him in there and then hope for the best and hope that things don't get too crazy. Dak Prescott also threw for an INT, so five total ints in the game, ints. Since we call penalty minutes PIMS now, some people do, I don't, uh, in the NHL podcasting world, which I have to uh, brave the wild. Let's just call it an int. So yeah, he threw for four ints, and then Dick Prescott threw for four ints. His, his QB rat was, uh, yeah, okay, it's just stupid, 79. And then the QB rat of uh, Taysom Hill, 44.2, I'll get off of it now. He did run for 101 yards. Taysom Hill is obviously a great athlete, and he can... Do a lot of fun things and out there. Do a lot of fun things and move the chains. And he's an exciting player, but he's not somebody you'd want starting at quarterback uh, on a regular basis because things, funny things happen. Kind of like, <laughs> kind of like sometimes with Lamar Jackson, but he's more of a legitimate starter. But again, he can be a mess as well, throwing for some ints and all that stuff. Some ints, yeah. yeah. yeah I know. I'll get off of it. I can't get off of it. I'm crazy now. I just like making fun of people. I guess. Uh, like making fun of everybody but the Vikings because making fun of them isn't exactly going to make it better. But, yeah, it's certainly material. No question about that. The Saints defeated by the Cowboys. They dropped to 5-7. and seven. I'm so happy the Vikings and the Saints are in the same category and the same record, and Cowboys are 8-4 and four and winning the NFC East at the moment, at the momento. Tampa Bay and Atlanta again. Yep, obviously old rivals again in the NFC South. The Buccaneers are all the way up to thirty uh, to, to nine and three, number two seed now in the National Football Conference. Third, no, number three actually behind the Green Bay Packers. They may have to go on the road again, but it won't be as much uh, if there's an NFC title game between the Bays, the Battle of the Bays again. If one of them knocks out uh, Arizona along the way, Atlanta. Gosh, Atlanta was still in the mix, big time. Five and seven on the season. Thirty to seventeen is your final score between these two clubs. Tom freaking Brady. Tom freaking Brady. Another great game. Attempted 51 passes. I don't know. He's got, he's got an arm of, I mean, he's got a rubber band for an arm, I guess. Four four touchdowns and one interception. Yeah. INT, whatever it's called. He had four of those. And, well, yeah. It's, uh, he had four touchdowns anyway. Gamakinsu. had uh, as Dylan would say. And thank you, Dylan, again. He's a big part of the thousand podcast. Thank you again, Dylan Richardson. Just in case, by chance, one in a million chance he's listening to this podcast. Bears fan, uh, Northern California's finest. Dylan Richardson, I love you, brother. You know, I mean, thank you so much for uh, bringing me on board into the podcasting world. But, um, you know, because he had fun going Damakazoo back when he was, you know, with us on the uh, with me on Purple Mafia a few times. I believe he was on the 100th episode of Purple Mafia. This is episode, what, 358 of Purple Mafia, so it's not like this is the 1,000th or even the 500th episode, or even the 400th episode of Purple Mafia, but it's the 1,000th overall when you combine all of the shows. Uh, this is the 1,000th and first, excuse me, episode. It was the 1,000th for Timberwolves Explosion. Uh, Timberwolves Explosion on Friday was the 1,000th overall episode. Thank you again, all of you that were a part of many of those uh, episodes over the course of time. Dominican Sue. That's what triggered the mem- uh, made me want to talk about Dylan Richardson, and I should. And football is really what brought the podcasting career going because I did 
Paladino Live on YouTube back then. I did Paladino Live on YouTube. I decided one day of all teams, Atlanta. The Vikings are playing Atlanta. It was Adrian Peterson's rookie for first game of his career, and it was the first video of my career talking about the uh, Minnesota Vikings. So there you go. It was the beginning of it all. Adrian and I are linked together forever and ever and ever when it comes to that. Isn't that cool? And Adrian Peterson's first touchdown was caught was a was a catch and go type of deal. Wrap your head around that when you consider how many catch and goes Adrian Peterson had. Cordero Patterson was good at that kind of stuff. Ran for 78 yards, including a 39-yard scamper and six yards a uh, carry. Cordero Patterson only had eight, uh, 18 yards receiving. He's been the main running back in Atlanta. Isn't that crazy? Even though he's still wearing number 84, as a wide receiver would do in most cases. You know, somebody used to wear number 84 in Minnesota and stuff. Uh, but, yeah, it was a fun game, generally speaking. But Tampa Bay is clearly far and away the better team. And we'll see what happens. Of course, uh, Brown has been suspended because he lied about being vaccinated and blah, blah, blah. Which isn't a surprise to some people because they figure guys with as much money as they have, they can pay a doctor to create a fake vaccine card. This and that. So... It is what it is. It, it, it is what it is. I know I'm not a big vaccine person. I'm not a big fan of this vaccine, as some of you may have guessed. But um, at the same time, lying is lying. And yeah, I mean, I can understand a little bit of frustration about that. It's better not to lie. Just to say I'm not interested in taking it. That's what I would say is you're going to get caught eventually. Lying catches up to you. You know, that's why it's called a sin. Thou shalt not bear false witness. It's going to catch up to you one way or another. It, it, it just is. And it's an unfortunate reality. So yeah, Brown, Antonio Brown, out for the Tampa Bay schmucks. No, the Tampa Bay Bucks, who are first place in the NFC South. Atlanta drops to Thoid place. with five and seven. Yay, we're with them too. Atlanta and New Orleans and Minnesota all together in that 5-7 and seven world. It's beautiful. Cincy got their butts handed to them and doubled up by the Los Angeles Chargers. Both of those teams dropped to 7 and all well, are tied at 7-5. and five. Cincy dropped to 7-5. and five. Chargers jumped back up to 7-5 and five after dropping big time, including getting their butts kicked by the Vikings a few weeks back. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe, Justin, not Joe, but Justin Herbert. Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. Yeah. They, it was a nice, this is number one and number two pick in the draft. Number three pick in the draft, but it was the two best quarterbacks that year in 2020. Uh, Herbert with three touchdowns and one INT. Burrow with a couple of INTs. Just a little bit of a mess here for Cincy. T. Higgins stood out more than anybody else in this game with 138 yards receiving, at least for Cincinnati. Mike Williams, big game as well, 100 yards. Jalen Guyton, Austin Eckler, a very familiar name for many football fans. Two sacks for... Uh, <coughs> Uchenna Noaso of the LA Chargers. One sack for Von Bell of Cincy and a few other guys as well. Trey Hendrickson, Larry Quinjobi as uh, Og- Ogunjobi. Excuse me, what am I saying? Quinjobi, Ogunjobi at the end of the day. He like Apple, yep, yeah, he's, he's on Cincinnati. He's been all over the league. I liked him coming in the draft that a couple years ago. Well, it's been a, been a little while now, a few years back. And he's not been good, unfortunately. I thought he was going to be way better. I remember he was drafted originally by the uh, New York Giants, who I'm about to talk about now. New York Giants, well, oh, they're still they're still in the mix. They're for it. Yeah, they're not still in the mix. Just just stop it. Just stop it. Miami is in the mix, though, for some reason, because, well, they're 
Now they're they're squashing mosquitoes with a fly swatter. They're not they're not squashing them with an axe, but a fly swatter, I guess. Twenty to nine, um, yeah, twenty to nine, and, and Miami's six and seven. They're in the mix. AFC's a little tougher than than uh, the NFC, that's for sure. At least at the bottom, Tuga's been uh, Tuga, <laughs> Tua, Tua T has been getting a lot better the last uh, few weeks here. You're not seeing the interceptions. You're not seeing the the, the mess that have been happening time and time again with him. And Miami is rolling a little bit. I'm kind of happy to see it. It's nice to see the Dolphins coming out of the doldrums of the NFL, even though you want to get that great draft pick. But, yeah, Detroit's going to have a nice draft pick this year. But would you really want to be, you know, like 1-15, 1-16, whatever the heck they're going to be, 1-15-1 or whatever the heck it's going to be? It's not fun. Eventually, you want to kind of get back in the mix. Though, you don't want to be trapped in the middle forever. Kind of like a certain club that plays in U.S. Bank Stadium. That's what we don't want. It's one thing if you're 3-9 and nine like the Jets for a couple years. Unfortunately, the Jets have been 3-9 and nine every year because they suck. Uh, or 2-14 and 14 or whatever the heck. Um, you don't want to be trapped in that world either. But being trapped in the middle is just a big freaking tease, isn't it? Isn't it a tease? And eventually maybe you get so many great draft picks that it's like, okay, bombs away, baby. And you're the St. Louis Rams of 1999 with all those freaking awesome players that kept building up during the 90s. And then at the end of the 90s, they were the best team in the world, which was interesting. They were the best show on turf. Philadelphia Eagles trapped in that middling zone, just like us. 33-18 to over the hapless, crapless, meh Jets. That's, again, the other thing. The Jacksonville Jaguars, New York Jets, the Dolphins, who were in that group, and the Detroit Lions. Now the Houston Texans are joining the party instead of uh, Miami. Miami left it. Thankfully, they said, screw this, I'm tired of this garbage. And Houston is now joined in the uh, the four teams of hell, basically. <laughs> There's probably a couple more, but these four especially have been uh, exactly that. Zach Wilson can hopefully drag them out of the doldrums, but he sure as heck didn't today. Gardner Minshew, former member of the Jacksonville Jags, was quarterback of the Eagles. I remember they signed him, or they traded for him for, like, what was it, a six-round pick? Vikings couldn't get Gardner Minshew, who'd be a little better. See, this is the thing. If Kirk Cousins had COVID-19 or actually got hurt, which, again, thank God for, in, in his case, that he never gets hurt. He's just, you know, he's, let's just say he's uh, protected nicely. <laughs> let's just say that. Um, Gardner Minshew, 20-25. I know it's the Jets, but still, it's pretty damn good. What a good game. And Gardner Minshew was never bad, really, for Jacksonville. Okay, he stunk some games, but so did the whole damn team. And Gardner Minshew, at least he's a solid backup quarterback. It wouldn't have been expensive giving them a six-round pick or say, shoot, Philly's offering a six? Here's a five. Here's a five. What, what do you think? Fifth-round pick for Gardner Minshew instead of using it on a kicker you're going to cut? What do you think of that? What's what's worse? You know, Sean frickin' Mannion, who's probably a third-string quarterback. In fact, I would venture to say he's a third-string quarterback and not feel bad saying that at all. Um and it did help that the Eagles ran all over the Jets as well. And plus, they when you're in the lead, you're going to run all over people. Eagles, again, another high-scoring day, 33-18 to over a hapless, crappy uh, Jets team. Houston Texans got their butts handed to them and shut out, and they suck, and they blow, and they stink, and they, they and, and I don't like them and stuff. Uh, Indianapolis Colts, 31. Houston, zilch. <clears throat> 31 donuts. See, see, it's not 41 donuts. It's 31 donuts. See, it's not 41. You know, it's not that bad. Yeah, it's bad. <clears throat> but, but, don't forget, the biggest comeback in NFL history was 32 points. 
So just imagine that. Huh? Could, could you imagine 32-31 at the end? Huh? Wouldn't that be something? Yeah, I don't think this Houston team can do it. And it was Houston that gave up the 32 points. Yeah, the Houston Oilers. Okay, I'll get off it. I'm, I don't know. I can't help myself sometimes. I'm like this old 40s comedian that can't get, you know, I'm like from the 1940s or something that I'm never off. Yeah. Anyhow, Jonathan Taylor ran for 143 yards. Just run the ball. Just run, run, run. Because this Jets team, this is Jets team, this Houston Texans team really stinks. And that's pretty much all I got to say about that. I mean, they are not up to par. And I'm not sure what else to say about the Texans. Carson Wentz didn't do a whole lot. Again, just Jonathan Taylor ran all over them and made it look easy. So, and Michael Pittman also with a lot of total yards of over 100 plus. So good for him at the end of the day. Well, just 100. Pardon me for that. As we'll try to move forward humanly possible. Um, where was I? Losing track. You're getting distracted with some of the crazy stuff going on upstairs here. Washington beat the Las Vegas Raiders 17-15. to Vegas drops down to 6-6. Six and six. Washington is now up to 6-6, six and six, and they're very much in the mix now in the postseason in the NFC, which a lot of people would not have expected. They were able to jump past the Oakland, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders at the last second. Taylor Heineke, two touchdowns and an interception, driving the team late and leading them to victory. Congratulations to Taylor Heineke. At least getting the team in field goal range. And Brian Johnson was able to hit a 58-yarder, which ended up being the winner at the end of the day in favor of the Washington Red, the W's, not the Redskins. Antonio Gibson, big, big game on the ground as well, at least with 88 yards. Very solid performance for him. As Let's go to Jacksonville. What is there to say? The Rams just stomped all over them, 37-7. to I mean, there's really not a whole lot more to say at the end of the day. They just crushed him. Trevor Lawrence didn't throw an interception, but he didn't do a whole lot else. Matthew Stafford with three touchdown passes. Very, very solid. And Sonny Michelle returning to action again, looking like he did with the Patriots years ago. A huge game on the ground, running all over Jacksonville because, well, Jacksonville just doesn't care anymore. And you can tell. It's like they're already out golfing. Pittsburgh, Baltimore, let's leave. Let's stay away from that one. That's next week's opponent here. Seattle, San Francisco, both of these games came down to the wire. And the two teams they don't like, Seattle and Pittsburgh, coming away with a victory, getting the stop at the last second here. Both teams could have tied it up or won it, actually, in Baltimore's case, as they went for two and ended up not getting it because of uh, Aaron Pass and kind of a, maybe it was a bad route. I'm not sure who to blame on it, but it looked like it was an Aaron Pass by Lamar Jackson, slightly out of the reach of the receiver there. 30-23 to 23 in favor of Seattle, getting the big stop on San Francisco. Fourth and goal, only two yards away. Jimmy G, unable to complete the pass, was batted away. He threw a couple of INTs. Russell Wilson also had an INT. He almost looked like he didn't care when the, when the win happened. He's just like, oh, well. Well, that's what happens. You win a Super Bowl, and you have your big, big days and all that. You know, you have your great time, and now you're, yay, you're 4-8. and eight. It's like, who cares? San Francisco, last week's opponent, couldn't get past a Seattle team that's been eating them up for a while. George Kittle had an unbelievable game, though. Mr. I hold on every play, right? 181 yards in the game with nine catches, a couple touchdowns, huge, huge game. And again, the favorite receiver of Jimmy Garoppolo throughout his entire uh, tenure in San Francisco. Big reason they got to the Super Bowl years ago, a couple years back, in favor of San Francisco. 
Next, you got Denver and Kansas City. That is not flashing in the background just yet because they started a little bit early, but they'll be flashing in the background in the next couple seconds here. Uh, New England Buffalo Monday Night Football. So let's look at the NFC North. Green Bay finally got their uh, Green Bay finally got their bye week. We're happy for them. Detroit played Minnesota, so yeah, all that's left is the Chicago Bears versus Arizona. And Arizona still rolling and number one in the NFC Conference, the National Football Conference, and of course first place in the NFC West, 33-22. to Chicago Bears dropped to 4-8, and eight, and it's just, I don't know, there's just not much to brag about with the Chicago Bears. Kyler Murray making it look easy. Glad to see him back playing again. Dalton threw four interceptions. Oof, it was a rough day for him. Kyler Murray only completed 15 passes. Uh, Arizona, just uh, crazy. You know, they can kind of do whatever. When they need the big play, they have it. And then when they need to <laughs> and when they need to make the defensive play, they can do that. Kyler Murray ran the ball in twice, threw for two touchdowns. Again, only completed 15 passes, but only attempted, or only completed 11, but attempted 15. Extremely efficient in the short amount of time that he really even threw the ball. But again, ran the ball in twice. Good for him. Kyler Murray showing the athleticism and the strength, bringing him up. I'm scared to death of this woman upstairs. She's a psycho. Uh, I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know. I don't think I'm making that much noise, but that's how she is. Pittsburgh versus Baltimore and Minnesota versus Pittsburgh overall. We'll get into that next game right here, right now. Vikings and Pittsburgh Steelers did kick off in the Super Bowl many, many years ago. The overall series is 9-9. to We haven't played the Steelers all that much. Only 18 games in our history, despite the fact the Steelers are one of the oldest teams in the NFL. No ties, which is good. Uh, Vikings, not too surprisingly, lost the first game, but it was a nice effort. 31 points by Minnesota. Vikings would win the next three in the early to mid to late 60s, so we didn't play each other a whole lot back then either. And then in 72... A prequel to the Super Bowl, the Vikings only managed 10 points. Only 10 points in the game. The Steelers at 23. This was in November 26, 1972. And then in January 12, 1975, Vikings just couldn't do squat. It was so frustrating. It was depressing. The Vikings were in it the whole time. But Terry Bradshaw was able to milk the clock and milk the clock and milk the clock and milk the clock. He had the ball for like a quarter straight and led the Steelers to a, a score that gave the Vikings hardly any time left in the game, and the Steelers, the reason why it's 16 is because Fran Targeting was sacked for a safety and a 16-6 finale in favor of the Pittsburgh Steelers in the Super Bowl many, many years ago. Uh, Vikings would win the next time, which doesn't matter at all. A year later, the Vikings beat the Steelers. Well, uh, a year and a half later, whatever. 17-6, to so it was like two official seasons later. 17-6, to but a whole lot of good that did us. We got to the Super Bowl that season, but we sure as heck didn't win it. So <laughs> that was the Raiders one where the Vikings got smushed. Steelers win again in 1980. Steelers actually won the Super Bowl in 1980 also later on against their cross-state rivals, Philadelphia Eagles. It was the Penn Bowl, <clears throat> 23-17. Vikings beat the Steelers in 1983. Again, a weird season and a weird era for Minnesota football in the early 80s. <laughs> That's kind of a interesting. But yeah, Tommy Kramer and Ahmad Rashad had some good moments. 31-7 victory for Minnesota over the Steelers in 86. Great Vikings team very early in the season there in September. Steelers beat the Vikings in 89, 27-14. And I remember this way back in 92 when I first started watching football. 6-3 victory for the Vikings over the Steelers. It was a very, very low-scoring game. Vaudreuil made two kicks 
And I do believe the other kicker was Gary Anderson. I'm pretty sure it was. Gary Anderson made the one kick he attempted in the game. And of course, the thing isn't loading. Isn't that just great? Okay, good. Uh, yep, Gary Anderson, 23-yard kick. Pretty cool. And the Steelers end up, uh, the Vikings end up beating the Steelers in Three Rivers Stadium back in December 20th, 1992. Steelers drop to 10-5, and five, Vikes jump to 10-5, and five, and we end up finishing 11-5 and five that year. Unfortunately, got beat by the Redskins, even though we scored the first touchdown of the game, making it 7-0 right away. Never scored another point the rest of the game. Ah, oh, that sucked. That was Bill Cowher versus Dennis Green when they were rookie coaches 30 years ago, or 29 years ago, actually. 29 years ago, ladies and gentlemen. 95, very entertaining game. Uh, I almost called him Denzel Washington. Dwayne Washington had a pick six in the game. It was pretty damn cool. A couple of great moments. Orlando Thomas had a pick six in the game. I thought Washington, maybe that was a different one. I thought he did, though. Was it Maybe it was against the Bears. So that was OT. I knew there was a pick six in the game. I just knew that from memory. See, now I was able to pull up the box score. Robert Smith ran for 48 yards. There was a, a call for too many men on the field. And I just remember this by my own memory uh, where Bill Cowher was just furious. He was losing it. Like, how can you call that? There was there was 11 men on the field and he took the he had the picture ready and he slammed it down in the, in the ref's pocket. It was an old veteran ref. Slammed it in his pocket like, there you go. That was right at halftime. Vikings ended up blowing out the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Corey Fuller also returned a fumble. 12 yards into the end zone. So that was like one of those situations. Chris Carter from Fodder, from Fodderfest. Chris Carter from Warren Moon. Very entertaining day. But this is back when Warren Moon, uh, in 95, Warren Moon actually had a better year than 94. But the Vikings record was certainly not as good. Vikings finished 7-9. and nine. No. I think we were 7. No, 8-8. Eight and eight. We finished 8-8 eight and eight that year. Yep, I remember that now. Fun, fun game. But unfortunately, despite the fact that Vikings offense was freaking awesome. Just didn't end well. Um, since then, since that game way back in '95, man, it's been that long. Forty-four to twenty-four, Steelers are four and one against the Vikes. Yep, it's been all Steelers except the Matt Castle game in London back in 2013. I can't believe that was that long ago, but that's what happens when you play a team only once every four years or so. And there was a big hiatus from '95 to 2001 because the NFL was kind of getting reorganized around that time where it became the NFC North versus the NFC Central along the way. Um, Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Vikings in 2001. That was a terrible Viking team that just didn't, didn't you know, they were just done. Um, this, I believe, was two weeks before Dennis Green got fired. Yeah, because it was around Christmas when the Vikings lost to Jacksonville at home and got slaughtered by the Jacksonville Jaguars. And the... <laughs> Yeah, and, and the Vikings fired Dennis Green. Should I say Red McCombs did? He was the sole owner. Pittsburgh beat the Vikings 18-3. to That was in the Dome in a game that was very, 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 very pivotal for both teams. Vikings and Steelers had the same record. Yep, we were both 8-5 and at the time. What do you think happened? Yep, I mean, it was a very pivotal day. It was the day that uh, it went from Mike Tice being one of the coaches of the year, bringing the Vikings back from dead, basically, as things started so terribly. Culpepper was terrible. Then he had the massive, massive knee injury in Carolina. Massive knee injury in, in Carolina. And the Vikings were like, what, what were we, like 2-5 and five or some crap like that. Brad Johnson took over. Next thing you know, he won like a ton of games in a row with Brad Johnson at QB. Got all the way up to 8-5. and five. 
against a, a strong Steelers team that uh, was 15 and one a year before, had a disappointing record, but you never know. Blah blah blah. Vikings and Steelers eight and five in the dome. Vikings hopefully we're gonna get we're getting a chance to get something going, but it was kind of like the Vikings and Steelers Super Bowl where the Vikings just couldn't get anywhere. Every opportunity the Vikings we thought they had, they just ended up not happening, including the first score of the game for Minnesota. Should have should have scored, and we wound up with a with a field goal from Paul Enninger, and that was it in terms of overall scoring. As things just didn't work out, Steelers with their tough defense not only beat the Vikings, but ran the table the rest of the season all the way to <laughs> a guy named Jerome Bettis holding Lombardi and saying. I've had a great career. I was born and raised in Detroit, and my career ends in Detroit. And he held up the trophy. Announced his retirement as he held up Vince Lombardi. Doesn't get better than that. I was happy for him. I was happy for that Steelers team. But man, do you realize the situation there? How close Minnesota was to being a uh, something that year, and how we had the same record, and we were in that game until the end. And look what happened. You know, <laughs> pretty damn crazy. That was a, a big memory for me back in 2005. Yep, this was the first Vikings loss. Uh, man, I was pissed off, freaking pissed off. Defending world champion Steelers, they won their second bowl in three years. This was Mike Tomlin as head coach. Now instead of Bill Cowher, Cowher retired after the next season. He Well, or just stepped away. He was going to come back with the New York Giants or something. Wound up, uh, he was hoping for that anyway. But then, you know, <laughs> Tom Coughlin, instead of getting fired, he won the Super Bowl. <laughs> with the with the miracle uh, New York Giants team in 2007, changed the world, changed history forever for the Giants and for himself forever and ever and ever, especially himself. But that Giants team also again doubling their Super Bowl total from two to four over the course of a five-year period. There, uh, Steelers though obviously six Super Bowl championships and that annoying pesky Steelers defense that just forces turnovers stole away a big play when the Vikings were trying to drive down the field and still win the game. Ended up being a fumble six situation where Chester Taylor kind of batted the ball up in the air. I guess it was an INT officially, I believe. And then the ball was ran back for a TD when the Vikings were trying to drive for hopefully a winning drive with Brett Favre. First Vikings loss of the season, much to our chagrin. And I still remember Adrian just kind of watching, 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 and then he closed his eyes. Yep, it was depressing. But that's how it goes sometimes, man. That's how it goes, ladies and gentlemen. It was depressing. How did they score it officially? I guess it was in their reception. It ended up being called a pick six, where the ball was thrown to Chester Taylor. going to be one of those patented third-yard plays to Chester Taylor. And it ended up being batted up in the air and INT'd for 82 yards the other direction. The Vikings were actually in position to possibly win that game in Pittsburgh, which would have been freaking big. But games like that cost the Vikings home field advantage against the New Orleans Saints, and the rest is history. The rest is history. 2013 in London, it was a two teams that sucked, two teams that absolutely stunk that year. It was cool, though. We were in London and blah, blah, blah. We won our first game of the year, and the Steelers dropped to 0-4. This is, again, after that awful uh, ponder game uh, against the Cleveland Browns in uh, the Metrodome. Ponder just like went down the you-know-what, and that was pretty much the end of him. He came back during the course of the season, but he was never going to be a starting quarterback again after that. Uh, again, great job by Matt Castle in the game. Matt Castle, the king of the castle in, in London, yes. And then Pittsburgh crushed the Vikings in 2017, also a season where, uh, a game where 
you know, uh, ended up being a much better season than some people thought. In this case, this was our first loss of the year that year. Again, we had beaten, the Vikings had beaten the Saints in impressive fashion with uh, Sam Bradford, at quarterback. Everything looked great. We got an offensive line, we thought. We, we no, we did, because we had Riley Reef instead of, you know, whatever, uh, you know, uh, uh, TJ Clemens at quarterback, Clemings at quarterback. We had Riley Reef at uh, left tackle, excuse me, quarterback at left tackle, and Jake Long and guys like that. We had uh, Riley Reef at left tackle, and that really helped. But then we had uh, Sam Bradford not being good, or not being good to go with a weird knee situation that he was never the same again after that. Again, he had multiple ACLs before, and it was just kind of coming back on him again. This was uh, <laughs> Case Keenum's first game, and he was not that good. He was pretty mediocre at best. And the Pittsburgh Steelers rolled all over the Vikings in that game. We thought, oh, we were dead. We are going to be nothing now. Bradford can't play anymore. Keenum's just a weird backup quarterback. And we wound up going 13-3. and Yep, even though we lost Delvin Cook a couple weeks later against Detroit. 13-3. and Yep, 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 yep. I think that was the next week, actually. Yeah, oh, yep, 13-3. and You know, you know. <laughs> it was cool. But, of course, we all know what happened in Philly. Whatever. Um, I've been babbling too long about that. Can the Vikings beat the Steelers on Thursday? Of course they can. Will they? I think they will, just because. This is another one of those cute little comeback type of games. Pittsburgh, them winning today probably gives the Vikings a better chance of winning on Thursday. Thursday, Thursday night football. It's going to be kind of like the London game, but then again, the recent history between these two teams is bad. The early history was kind of good for a little while. We were actually successful against a fairly decent team in the 80s and 90s with the Steelers. But then come the 2000s and such, Steelers have been 2000, you know, into the 21st century. Steelers have pretty much dominated the Vikings. But I got a feeling this crappy, mediocre Steelers team is not going to beat the Vikings on Sunday. Uh, ben Roethlisberger had a pretty good game, but it was one. Uh, he had a pretty good game, but again, it's their arch rivals, division rival, and teams always play really well against their division rivals, even when they're not real good. Somehow, some way, they're able to get the stop down the stretch, and heck, they led almost the whole game. Well, not really. They led for a while late. They led for a while late, but it was kind of back and forth. I shouldn't say that. It was kind of back and forth-ish. Pittsburgh's defense, sometimes they show up, sometimes they don't. Against us, they probably will, though. T.J. Watt has been phenomenal for Pittsburgh. Three, three and a half sacks, so you got to watch out for that. And with an offensive line that's inconsistent, it's game over. If T.J. Watt is able to get to Kirk Cousins, it's pretty much game over there. They also have a guy named Taco Charlton. Got to like that. Chris Wormley added two and a half sacks as well. So six sacks combined with them. Cameron Hayward brought in number seven. Sack number seven for Pittsburgh Steelers. So they definitely have a pass rush. At least they certainly did today. And against a Baltimore offensive line that isn't that bad and a mobile quarterback, they get seven sacks. That's actually extremely impressive at the end of the day. Uh, Chase Claypool is a receiver to worry about. Deontay Johnson. And, uh, there, you know, there's tons of talent. Najee Harris obviously can do a lot. Ben Roethlisberger, this has got to be his last season. It's time to go. You know, it's time to go. God bless you. It's like Miko Koivu with the Minnesota Wild. You can worship him forever. It's time to go, buddy. It's time to go. Time to go. Move, 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 move. Go ahead and play out the rest of this year, I guess, since it's how it goes. But it's time to move on, buddy. Time to go. Time to go. Uh, with that said, so... Pretty much, I think the Vikings are going to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. Is it going to mean a whole lot? Not really. Maybe, maybe, just maybe the Vikings will still squeak into the seventh seed in the NFC and, you know, and whatever. We'll see what happens after that. 
I'm not confident about anything right now, and I mean anything. Uh, even the Steelers, actually, they're in playoff contention with a 6-5-1 and record, which is funny, considering, I don't know, they don't even look like a good team, honestly. I'm surprised they beat Baltimore today. I really am. I mean, they've, they tied Detroit this year. They tied Detroit, and they've gotten beaten pretty bad, and they've beaten other teams pretty bad. They're kind of all over the place. I'm not sure what to make of the Steelers team, but I'm going to predict a Vikings victory. It might be crazy, it might be nuts, but it's kind of like a last gasp, gasp effort, maybe to, uh, you know, just to say, yeah, we still love you, Zim, even though we know it's over, because it is. It's over. It's over, folks. <laughs> it has to be. And if it isn't, the, then they don't know what they're doing over there. Um, still trying to think it over, but uh, I, I got to think that's it, though, at the end of the day for uh, Zimmer. One way or another, will he be the coach of the Vikings in this game? That's the other question. I'm thinking probably, just because, but maybe the Wills make a move today. Uh, Monday morning, that is. With that said, the Minnesota Vikings will beat the Steelers. Final score, 24 to, I think 24-17, the Vikings win by a touchdown over the Pittsburgh Steelers, if you can believe it. Or some weird score, like 24-19 or 24-20, something like that. But the Vikings win in a fairly low-scoring fashion and beat the Steelers. Maybe Mike Zimmer's last win as Vikings coach. Who knows how things will go. But I do believe Vikings beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think the Vikings will beat the Bears in in the U.S. Bank Stadium as well. So that's at least eight wins, or excuse me, seven wins for the Vikings this year at bare minimum. Um, With that said, though, Vikings win. Uh, We'll come back and hear from Gerald Swing and Matt Martin. Matt Martin will be first because I'll do it in the order received. Greetings, Joey. Sorry, I haven't uh, sort of done a call in this year, but uh, it's kind of like, is there any point when all you do is pretty much repeat yourself every week with the same frustration that this team seems to cause to many of us? Uh, Well, so we had the uh, 49ers game at the weekend and it went pretty much as I think a lot of us would expect. They couldn't stop the run. End of which is so reminiscent of that previous game out there in uh, California where they laid the proverbial egg a couple of years ago. And since then, it has been pretty much just frustration. Anyway, um, I suppose some would call me negative and probably people like you negative because, you know, the argument is we're not like the Lions or the Jaguars or the Jets. No, we're not. Perhaps that would not be a bad thing because hopefully then they might be able to turn it around because mediocrity does stink. And, okay, here's the crux of the matter for me, Joey. It's a sport, yeah? Sport. What do you do in sport? You play to win. You play to win the big bag of marbles. Not to be mediocre. Otherwise, what is the point? And that is the problem year after year with this team, mediocrity. Um... As to Zimmer, do I want him to go? Yeah, he's had eight years. Um, Yeah, he was a breath of fresh air when he came in. But then you could have argued, well, we had Fraser before and we stayed defence. Is that because our beloved GM cannot find a solution at the quarterback position? So let's just build a great defensive team and win that way. Well, um, 
It's not the 1970s anymore. It's not the era of Bud Grant, the Purple People Eaters, and keeping a great defensive unit together for a decade. It doesn't happen. Free agency or the shebang of the cap. You cannot keep a great defence together for more than a couple of years, if you're lucky. And yes, we had a great defence in 17, which seemed to fall off a cliff in the second half against that um, Saints game, uh, where we luckily walked off with that Diggs touchdown. And then, and this is for me, Zimmer. Um, yeah, Case Keenum, who was a gunslinger. Um, and I thought the guy was great. He, he brought something to this team. But he got nothing but criticism from Zimmer. And let's be honest, after the walk-off victory against the Saints, this team should have been buzzing. It's like we were game away from a home Super Bowl. We go to Philly and lay an egg. And it was like, I don't believe it. How the hell has this team against the backup done that? Um, so from then I kind of, you know, is Zimmer the man? Is he the man that can motivate these guys? And I honestly don't know. Uh, so we roll on to 19 and we do exactly the same again. The Rudolph walk-off against the Saints. And we go out to good old California and we do exactly what we did on Sunday. Couldn't stop the run. Um, so this rolls me now to Christmas Day 2020 against the Saints and we get absolutely steamrolled. Now, you'd wonder after that game and post-analysis and off-season, what were the GM and the, man- and the coach actually thinking? Um, you haven't got a great defence. That is your MO. Um, but you've got one of the most expensive quarterbacks in the league. You've got two of the best wide receivers in the league. You've got one of the best running backs in the league. So what is your identity? It ain't bloody defence, is it? It's surely got to be offence. So what do they do? They waste all the pennies in free agency on fortifying the defence, which, as we've seen, hasn't worked. And did jack all on trying to sort out the O-line so that this quarterback who needs a clean pocket and time, um, they just, again, did a haddock approach to it and uh, crossed their fingers. Well, it's coming back yet again to bite them in the ass. I think the problem is we have a GM that's uh, on a different hymn sheet to the coach. Um... And I don't think it's going to get us anywhere. Yeah, we might make the playoffs this year. Woohoo! Yeah, super. What, one and done again? No, it's not good enough. After 60 years, this team deserves a bloody Super Bowl, as do the fans. The fans really deserve one. And I think under this current uh, leadership, that is not going to happen. Um, I could live with Spielman staying, I suppose. But I think it's, it's time for Zimmer to move on. And for us to get an offensive-minded coach that can build around what we've got because there is a window of opportunity there. Um, I think that's more than enough this time. Anyways, my friend, um, thanks for the podcasting as always. Always love your insight. Uh, uh, and Skull Brothers and Sisters, I hope everybody has a good December and uh, uh, I'll get back to you probably in two or three weeks' time, see where we are. Are we in that playoff run or are we where we probably will be? Um, looking at what? Either eight and nine or nine and eight. Who knows? Anyway, take care. Bye for now. Hey, Joey, Gerald down in Nebraska. Hey, uh, we never got her done out in San Francisco. We uh, kept our streak alive of the only team in the NFL to have a seven-point lead. 
in every game this season, but we just could not hang on. And uh, I don't know. Uh, probably was Cousins' worst game of the year. He just didn't look uh, didn't look right. Um, so uh, I guess every quarterback's going to have their down weeks. So it just wasn't his week. And we can't be giving up 200 yards of rushing and expect to uh, win many road games. Can't win at home doing that. And I think uh, I think that defense is uh, like 28th in the league on the run and not much better on the pass. I don't know, Joey. I'm still on the I'm still on the bus of uh, wanting to move on from Zimmer after the season. I'm not a Zimmer hater, but man, he's had eight years. I think I can I can only remember one playoff win, Joey. You would know that more than me, and I I'd have to go back and look. But I can only remember one playoff win with him, and that was in, at the Saints. And uh, you know, I know he's got injuries again this year, but man, you've had eight years. That defense is terrible. And there's no way that team, that defense, can take us very far in the playoffs if we even make the playoffs. So, who knows? We'll just see how things play out here. But, uh, but man, on a positive note, uh, Joey, the urban legend of the week. Holy shit. We've got a kickoff return game again. Uh, remember I called last year complaining about uh, getting to the 20. Why are we even trying? We'd get to the 20-yard line on a cloud of dust and fumble every other time and uh, wanting Cordero Patterson back. And, uh, man, the guy out of Iowa looks like a stud. Uh, Mark and Dave are probably pretty familiar with them. I think they're a little bit more Hawkeyes fans. And this guy's a cyclone, but he looks like a cyclone out on the field. Um, hoping he gets uh, – hoping they find a way to work him in um, on, on getting some more offensive snaps. So, anyway, we'll see how she goes, but uh, hopefully by the time this airs, man, I'm hoping Detroit didn't get their first win. They've been in a lot of games. Um, I think they're all, uh, much better than their record, but, uh, man, I can uh, – if we lose this one, that's going to be tough sledding uh, to try to get to the playoffs. But hopefully we were victorious by the time this airs and we're 6-6 six and six and still got a chance. So, we'll see how she goes. Skull Purple Mafia Nation. Talk to you all later. And we are back here on Purple Mafia Fan Interaction Segment number three. Can't thank you guys enough for those awesome call-ins. Dave Martin, Mad Martin out of Northern Scotland, and Gerald Swing out of Nebraska. Wasn't that awesome? Wasn't that awesome? I kind of want to mostly just let them have the floor there, let them say their piece, and not me just rehashing and babbling over it. But great to hear from uh, Mad Martin again. It's been quite a while. Been quite a while. Both of you guys are definitely getting stars, of course. And if I don't give you one, I'm an idiot, complete idiot, completely like my mind just stopped. <laughs> Basically, that kind of thing. Uh, Mad Martin, though, just kind of generally speaking, saying a lot of what I've been. You know, we we've pretty much been in lockstep with the management of this team since the beginning of the season, all the way back into preseason. Me and Mad Martin both kind of came in the year thinking like. Uh, this doesn't look good. This just doesn't look good. And we got bleeped on by some Viking fans out there, the, the type that think that uh, it's just duckies and bunnies and, and unicorns and happiness and all that. you know. And it's just not, though. I mean, you're not a bad fan if you say this isn't good enough. You're not a bad fan. You're you're a blind fan if you do. You're a blind fan if you just skull, 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 skull. Can we get a skull? Like, let's rally around the team. Why? Like Jake Reed actually just said that. I, I want to respond to him like with why. You know, you don't. It's okay to steer to still be a fan of the team, which I still am. But mostly, I'm a podcast host at this point, trying to be objective. But at the same time, yes, yeah, still a fan of the team. But rally around them? I don't know about that. 
Uh, I have no disrespect necessarily meant for anyone. I mean, with respect, it's just like, no, no. You know, if people don't want to rally around this current situation, the, the current leadership and such, I'm not going to call you a bad fan. I think that's crap. Uh, but yes, very much in lockstep, me and uh, Gerald String there. And I think a lot of you that listen to Purple Mafia are as well. Some uh, the few of you that remain. A lot of people have abandoned this show over the last couple of years. And it's a bummer, probably because they want the they want the duckies and bunnies approach. Or they think just because somebody is, is on real radio or something that they're just automatically way better. Not always. Sometimes they're they're good, but sometimes maybe it's a little smoother. But maybe that smoothness is just brainwashing you into something else. Uh, you know, that's just kind of how I see the world at times. Um, there's a lot of brainwashing and manipulation in the media. Believe you me. Um, but no, thank you, uh, Gerald Sring. Also, great call in from Nebraska. Uh, yeah, we finally have a return game. We finally have something going. But as you said, it'd be tough sledding. If we don't beat Detroit, and it's tough sledding. It's tough sledding. Um, me, personally, I'd love to make the playoffs. I'd love to be uh, this year's version. Of, <laughs> I, I'd love to be a 2021 version of the 2007 New York Giants, but I, I just don't see it. Um, I just don't see it. Eli Manning made weird mistakes and such, but he, he there was something special about Eli Manning once he got into the postseason because he finally got a chance in the postseason, and look what he did. That was when he finally got a shot at it. Whereas uh, Kirk Cousins, we've seen what he does in the postseason. Um, now, to be fair, Kirk Cousins has won a playoff game with the Minnesota Vikings. It was a great, 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 great game against the New Orleans Saints. But the Vikings got walloped the next day because he can't string together games like that. To win a Super Bowl, you got to string them together. you got to string together three or four games in a row where you're uh, at least above average as a quarterback to win a Super Bowl. At least. And, of course, the rest of your team has to do it as well because it's a total team sport because quarterbacks can't play defense. Quarterbacks can't make the tackles or the interceptions or whatever, and they can't make the field goals either. Maybe maybe in the old days, occasionally certain guys had multiple jobs, but not anymore. Um, so it's a total team sport that way, uh, especially receivers have to catch the ball. Tom Brady threw perfect passes in the 2011 version of the Patriots, and they lost to that 2011 Giants team that was actually inferior to the 2007 Giants team, which is crazy. Um, guys just weren't catching the damn ball, and Aaron Hernandez, to be fair, was most likely, his mind was on something else, something very much else, something very dark, <laughs> very evil during the course of that game because that was around that same time. Um, that's why he was dropping a lot of passes. I'm getting a little too deep and too serious here, and I apologize even though I'm always deep and serious, but maybe not trying to be too crazy. Uh, also, though, what's probably throwing you off, Gerald, about uh, Mike Zimmer getting only one one playoff win, he's got two. Um, unless you were mentioning, unless you meant Kirk Cousins, that was his only playoff win. But Mike Zimmer has two. It's just they both happen to be against the Saints and in kind of miraculous fashion. There was the uh, Minneapolis miracle and then the Kirk Cousins big throw into the end zone for the win versus the, uh, it was Cousins to Thielen uh, and then ultimately... That one wasn't in the end zone, but it was a big play down the field. And then the semi-push off by Kyle Rudolph for the game winner versus the Saints. <clears throat> yep, so we beat the Saints twice, basically, and then got walloped next week by Philadelphia in 2017's season, so early 2018, and, of course, walloped by San Francisco to uh, a couple years later. So, yeah, that's that's the end of that. I better get now to the actual... 
Twitter and such. Thank you guys so much. At Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show, thank you. Malcolm out of California, Vince Germano out of New, out of uh, Australia. Me and him had quite a long chat back and forth right before I started recording. Not bad. Uh, re- recording segment number two, anyway. Tanae Brown out of New Zealand, all retweeting the most recent show. Thank you so much, guys. Sebastian Barton, Black Space 999, read, uh, not retweeted, but shared a post with me saying, uh, uh, this is on Twitter again, I uh, remember when we had a good two-back set with a true third-round back, and that was Chester Taylor, and there he was catching a pass against Green Bay in a video game. Uh, really, really cool, though. That was a fun, fun moment. Chester Taylor. I missed him a lot. Mad Martin says, another good podcast, my friend. Finally done a call-in, man. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Really appreciate that call-in. And Mad Martin says, that's commitment to Minnesota sports. Well done. And I was, of course, responding to when I talked about the uh, Timberwolves Explosion episode on Friday was the 1,000th overall podcast of my career. Thank you so very much, Mad Martin. That is awesome of you to say. Oh, come on. Where is it? Showing that there's two. Yep, Sam Gupta out of Cali, out of California, anyway, says, congratulations, Joey. That is quite a feat and demonstrates ongoing commitment and passion. And thank you very much, Sam. And guys like you that have been around for so long with this show are why I keep doing it. Yep, Sam, Mad Martin. Uh, Sam has been around really, really long. I really appreciate you so much. Thank you. And that's why I keep doing the show. Honest to God. Let's see what's next. What's next? Okay, so Mad Martin says Zimmer has to do this. Or, excuse me. Zimmer has to go. This is garbage. I'm tempted to switch off. Mad Martin says, again, continues, says, I just don't give a rat's arse this season. If this is the best product Zimmer can put on the field, the Wolves need to fire him today and find someone who can save the season. <laughs> I don't know about saving the season, but yeah, they do need to fire him today. Uh, I can find better things to waste my time on than, than this shit, he says. And then he says, bleep, bleep it. <laughs> I hope we get blown away if it brings changes tomorrow. Great. And yeah, yeah, we didn't get blown away, but we did lose to Detroit. It's sinking fast. I expected the usual Zimmer bounce back game. 23 points in six quarters against the Lions is putrid. Yeah, that's not enough. And it just wasn't enough down the stretch either. Outscored 21-0 by the, in the second by the Lions. Bleeping embarrassing. Will history repeat itself? 20 years later, it's happening again. Dennis Green lost his job so shortly after letting the 0-12 Lions get their first win. Lions led 20-7 to in halftime in that game. Isn't that crazy? And yeah, a few weeks later, they lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars and were done. Uh, Dennis Green was done anyway. They got crushed by the Jaguars right around Christmas. Dave continues saying, we might squeeze out a W here. This this offense with the weapons, it should be putting up 30-plus points a week, taking the coaches a whole half to figure out to figure, to figure out you need to pass the ball and get aggressive as a joke. It really is. It's a huge joke. Something's... Oh, wow. Wow. The Wild called up Mason Shaw. Whoa. That's really interesting. Um, yeah, I was thinking it makes no sense because it's like they're learning the same lesson every single game. They're worse than my wife. Yeah, because my wife always talks about, I learned a lesson today, and it's like the same kind of silly stuff that she should have known 20 years ago. I'm just kind of teasing her, and no, she doesn't listen anyway. <laughs> she doesn't listen, so it's okay. Mad Martin is saying she, she hopes that he doesn't lay high. He hopes she doesn't listen, or I'm gonna have a yeah. I'm gonna have, I'm gonna get beat up basically. K Man says enough said. Yeah, because of the image going into that fourth quarter drive and such, and we are going into the fourth quarter. Kirk Cousins' career with Minnesota upon entering 
the fourth quarter. When the Vikings are ahead, Kirk Cousins is 27 and one, tied one and one, <laughs> trailing two 25 and one. Yowzers, that is horrendous, horrendous. 225 and one, and then K-Man says, "Enough said." Yep, because I made sure to post that graphic. I took a picture of the graphic. It was on uh, CBS, leading into that. JJ closing in on that passing record, and yep, I believe he got it for sure. Yeah, he was absolutely spectacular. Um, and it's like, yeah, it's like just the, the way things are going. It's like it made me even like not even think about what JJ was doing out there. He had a hundred. He had a huge game today. It was 182 yards, right? So absolutely amazing day. But it doesn't feel like it, you know. Today Brown says absolutely pathetic. Yeah, yeah, that was those plays down the stretch where the Vikings were, well, the Vikings ended up punting the ball away when, my God, I mean, it looked like there was something there, and they ended up just crapping in the bed, man. Uh, it was so frustrating, and that was what I was talking about in the first segment. Um, what a garbage series of plays, says Mad Martin. <laughs> Vince Romano says, hold my beer while, while I present you. Kevin Krepstensky. Yep, 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 yep. Kevin Stefanski, and he's like, he calls him Krepstensky. I said, way to go for the throw, check down pass. That gets us minus two yards, third and 22, and another check down. I'm done. This coaching staff is not qualified to run an offense in the NFL. And then that's when Vince said, hold my beer while I present you, Kevin Krepstensky. Yep, he's not a big fan of Kevin Stefanski at all, head coach of the Cleveland Browns. Mad Martin says, getting mad here again. And uh, I was saying it was like raising the white, raising the white flag. And then Mad Martin says, totally, any decent team would have destroyed us today. And yeah, I think so too. I think so. Uh, Perk play. Eric Perkins liked when I said, let's see, what did Eric Perkins say that I replied to? Okay, yep. Eric Perkins says that was a piss poor punt. And I said the offense was too. That was right around that same exact time. That same little series of garbage there. I was saying to Tanae that drove me insane and wanted to break my TV set. Uh, <clears throat> Mad Martin wraps up the Twitter section saying they deserved... They deserve the win. They deserve the win. That first half is disgusting. Fire Zimmer now. Um, I'm guessing he's saying they deserve to lose. Yep. Yeah, it was so bad. Yeah, Fire Zimmer now, and I agree. So, let's get to the Facebook page. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Again, I'm trying not to talk too loud because, I don't know, something funny going on upstairs sometimes. I was saying history repeats itself. I'm bouncing around on what I want to call this episode. It'll come back in a moment. Um, yep, they're talking about Delvin Cook, according to Adam Scheffler, with a dislocated uh, shoulder. He's not gonna, probably not going to play, and blah, blah, blah. Mark Rollins says, well, Paladino Joey, just as you estimated in the last episode about, yep, I was guessing it was a separated shoulder, and I guess I was right. Sean Hegstrom says, get AP. Yep, so we'll see you there. Of course, Seattle ended up getting AP, and I didn't even look at what he did today. I apologize. I, I'm going to go to that real quick. I had my mind set on doing that, and then I didn't do it. Let's check out Adrian Peterson, how he did today for Seattle. And I was going to talk about that. Okay, that's why. He rushed the ball 11 times for 16 yards, but he got in the end zone. Adrian Peterson got in the end zone versus the 49ers. That's impressive. Very impressive. Um, I talked about the Thousandth Show, and then I got some responses here. So this is where I can kind of reflect a little bit again on how Purple Mafia started. I'll say that really fast here. Basically, so I started Paladino, or I started Paladino Live on video on YouTube in 2007, August 
into September 2007. Well, first in August, I did little YouTube videos of my cat, like a couple seconds for my old cell phone in 2007. Think about it. They were only 15 seconds long. Just a cute little Chloe back in the day. So was, she was still hanging on there at the end of her life, unfortunately, way back in 2007. A cat that was born in 1990, by the way. Yeah, that's how old that cat is now and how old she was then at the time already. So that's an ancient cat on YouTube. And that was when YouTube was, yeah, she was still living at the time. So pretty cool. Um, so that's just connecting the dates. It's like amazing how far back that goes. Back to like when Turtles the movie just came out. You know, that's way back in the day. And the Nintendo Entertainment System was still the main video game system on the market. Isn't that crazy? That's how far back we're talking, folks. Uh, so, yeah, I, I decided one day... What the hell? I'm going to review the Vikings game against Atlanta. And yeah, I actually talked about that earlier with Adrian Peterson and such, and that was his first game. And then it gained a little bit of popularity. You know, it, it actually did fairly well. Some people were haters, and they hated me, and they started calling me all kinds of inappropriate stuff. Some people would call it offensive. I call it inappropriate. Uh, not cool. Uh, but it is what it is. You just move forward. And then... A guy that I thought was a friend named Bus Brain was his, uh, his his show name. He ended up being a jerk later on. He was the Kansas City Chiefs host. He ended up being a he was a nice guy I thought, and then he ended up being a jerk later on, unfortunately. Um, but I won't say his name anymore. Uh, he introduced me to Dylan Richardson, who did the SportsStuff.com, and then I kind of put it off for a little while, and eventually said, "Yeah, let's do this." You know, about like I should do a podcast instead of you know I could keep doing video if I want to, but I should do a podcast. And then I finally realized, yeah, that's more freedom, actually. Videos take forever to do, and you only get a, and you only, you know, you could spend like hours and hours making a four-minute video, and you don't really say a whole lot in four minutes. Where a podcast, you can kind of go a bit. You don't want to babble too much and make it really boring, but you, you, there's just more freedom, more room to ra- more room to roam, so to speak, and it doesn't take as long to edit either, unless you're stuttering every other word or coughing every ten seconds or whatever the heck it is. Um, doesn't take long to produce. You don't have to do this. You don't have to do that. And as long as you're quick about timing stuff and all that, it's not it's not, it's not not difficult to edit and produce. So it's like I finally decided to do it and put up Paladino Live in January 2000, uh, January 28, 2008. I started the first episode of Paladino Live. And then I talked about the Vikings, the Wild, and the Timberwolves. I didn't do the Twins because there was a Twins podcaster on there, and he was not a nice guy, which is disappointing. Like, everybody from Minnesota is mean for some reason, it seems like. Sometimes. I shouldn't say that. But everybody I've met in the podcasting or media world has not been that nice. Um, At least generally speaking. Yeah, they're not really inviting, and I don't understand it, Minnesotans. I don't understand it out there. I don't. Why can't we be a little bit... Why can't we get along a little bit? Um, Minnesota nice? Sometimes it's not real. Sometimes it really isn't. I think it's Iowa nice. Uh, <laughs> Northern Scotland, nice. Australia, nice. I think that's more of a, a, a better, a, a more accurate description. Um, so what, what else was I getting into? Yep, it, it didn't catch on all that great. Any shows, though, that had the Vikings in it seemed to do way better, especially when the Vikings signed Bernard Berrien at the time back in 2008. And I was like, huh, that did kind of well. And then it's like, wait a minute. But it just wasn't getting past a certain plateau. It wasn't getting anywhere. It was like barely in the triple digits. It wasn't, you know, in numbers, just not doing that good. And then it's like, okay, I got an idea. I'll just do a Minnesota Vikings show. I'll keep Paladino alive with the Wild and the and the Wolves and, uh, you know, and all that. And I'll start a Vikings show called Purple Mafia in April 2008. And then right away it did better, immediately. And I was like, oh, well, I guess that was easy. 
So then later in the summer, in August 2008, I wrapped, I completely killed Paladino Live. I put, I had added the twins because that other podcaster had stopped, but it was just, I wasn't good at doing twins, the twins. I, I don't understand baseball as much as, I mean, I understand the game. I love the game. I don't understand a lot of the, uh, the analytics of it and the pitching and all that to be a good baseball podcaster, in my opinion. So I completely killed that. And then I killed Paladino Live completely, retired it, not killed it, retired it, and split it into Timberwolves Explosion and Brave the Wild. Timberwolves Explosion and Brave the Wild, which still exists to this day, all these years later. And uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, the best Purple Mafia episode, in my opinion, was the, I think it was episode 58. I think that's the same number, which so happens to be episode 58 of Timberwolves Explosion was also the best episode. That one was after the Vikings lost to the New Orleans Saints in the NFC title game. I think that was my greatest work on this show to, to date. Uh, heartbreaking game, but my emotions really came out that day. Um, no notes whatsoever. Absolutely zero. Because I was so emotional, I had everything there in my head. And a lot of my shows actually are that way, to be quite honest. That's a secret, now that I'm sharing it with you. <laughs> a lot of my shows are that way, to be honest. But uh, that's how Pro Mafia started, and now... You combine all the different podcasts over the years, and it's up to 1,001 now with this episode. Okay, I went over that for a second there just to give you a little brief uh, history lesson of what happened. Sorry if that was too long. Hopefully not. Mike Dale out of New York State or Upstate New York, as they like to call it, he says, Congrats, Joey. We appreciate all the hard work you put into this great podcast. I'm sure there are Sundays where you wake up and simply don't have the time or energy or want to decide uh, to dedicate your entire day to watching the game, analyzing, and then formulating a plan on how to cram all the talking points into a podcast. We all know how the Vikings can be a mentally exhausting chore just to watch them. Uh, just to watch them sometimes, and I'm sitting there uh, medicating myself right now with a few beers so I can help cope with their inept madness. <laughs> However, to be forced to write down uh, cognate notes, chronicalizing all the reasons why they were, set there, they were such a headache to watch every Sunday probably would drive most fans nuts. So thank you for your time and dedication, bud. Much appreciated. And thank you very much, Mike. Thank you very, 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 very much. God bless you, man. Um, and, yep, I mean, uh, sometimes some of my gift is the emotion where it makes my, like, my memory is insanely good, especially long-term memory. And when I have an emotion attached to something, I don't really forget it. Like, I could tell you stuff, you know, sometimes I could come up with something that happened X amount of years ago, and other people be like, you remember that? How? You know, so sometimes it's a, that's, sometimes God gives you gifts that really help, and it, it helps me do a show easier than maybe the average person in that sense. Um, but no, I mean, that, that it helps, and I'm, I'm thanking God for that. Uh, I'm certainly not perfect, and... That's why the show hasn't like exploded into 20,000, you know, plus listeners. And, you know, I'm, I've got, you know, <laughs> and, and like I got K-Fan and Score North calling me. It'd be nice if they did, but they haven't. Uh, Gerald Swing, thank you so much, Mike, though. Gerald Swing out of uh, Nebraska says, Jeepers, Joey. I'll never figure out how you get it all done. Wow, congrats. Dave Hickey out of Iowa says, Congratulations, my friend. I can't imagine all the commitments you've made to all your podcasts. And thank you so much. Leland Albertson out of Iowa says, Nice. Uh, yep, and um, like Mike Dale said, though, about there's days that you just don't want to do it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, very many, very many days, several several this season. Today was more interesting because of what happened and how Zimmer is, it, let's just call it clarity. You know, like I kept saying, clarity in the Zimmer situation is becoming more and more evident. 
at the end of the day. As I keep babbling and babbling and babbling and babbling and babbling because that's what I do best. <laughs> Some people hate it and they think I'm wasting my time. And believe me, even up to today, I got in a heated argument with a family member that I'm wasting my time. And I said, would you just stop it? You know, so it wasn't a good couple of, couple of minutes there. Fan interaction, Mark Carlson says no run defense at all. Again, Mark out of Iowa, legendary, literally legendary Mark Carlson. You'll get a few rants from me. I was saying we're now trailing by eight versus Detroit. Let that sink in. Blah, 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 blah. And yep, Tony Coleman making an appearance. The legendary Tony Coleman, who goes all the way back to 2009 at least, if not 2008, and when the com still had a message boards. Can you imagine that? I st- and Tony, I still remember your, your screen name on there, Twineball. See, that's a good memory, right? <laughs> legendary. He says anyone could make Detroit look like a good team. If anyone could make Detroit look like a good team, I guess it would be Minnesota. They, yeah, and we did a good job of that earlier as well, my friend. Yeah, South Dakota, Tony Coleman, the legend, man. Let me tell you. Mike Dale says, third and 14, Kirk checks down, throwing a screen that's barely passed out of the line of scrimmage. You do realize that you're down eight points. Kirk, Kirk's cooked for this game. The O-line is stinking up the joint. Kirk knows this. It's in his head. Yeah, I'm sure he did. And now he'll panic in the pocket the rest of the game. Get ready for the checkdowns galore. Your job is on the line, Zim. And if your team doesn't respond, adios amigo. But I just threw in the last two words there. Pretty much. Mark Carlson says, well, just getting home as we approach halftime, and what the hell is this? I was enjoying a walk in nature at a Minnesota lake, and I, boy, I don't blame you for that. It's it's fun, isn't it? And it feels good. Uh, I didn't put the game on the radio on my way home, and now I'm wishing I stayed at the lake. Yep, I, I've had that feeling. How many times? How many times? You you know, like say I have to catch up after a game, and it's like, oh, I don't want to do this now. <laughs> Screw this crap. Dave Vicky says, why not leave... Why not leave a guy wide open on the last play of the game? How can Dancer leave that much cushion after Zim calls two timeouts before the play? That should cost him his job. I said, why not leave the, Why not leave them in a hurry mode with little time on the clock, but no, Zimmer gives them two timeouts. Yeah, maybe they would have made mistakes. I, I feel you. That's a, good, that's a good one. I thought there was a reply to that one. Oh, stupid. Come on. I hate this most relevant crap. Stop, Facebook. Just give me all the comments. Ugh, then I gotta reopen it. Ugh. Facebook, you're fired. You're just like Zimmer. You know, like all your uh, checkdowns. Zimmer and Cousins. Okay. There we go. Let's get to that reply. That was, yep, that's not relevant. You're telling me Mike Dale's comment's not relevant, Facebook? Are you serious? <laughs> he says he says to Dave Hickey, exactly. What was his reasoning, leaving that much of a cushion? There was no threat of being beat deep, and everyone and their grandmother knew that the throw needed to reach somewhere in the end zone. It's only 10 yards deep. It should have been flooded with players taking to the receivers like stink on shit. Yep, yeah, 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 very much. Steve Searle returns. I hope I'm saying your name correctly. He says, wow, for the first time in my life, I may have to change the channel. The team I live, breathe, love, and love has failed to bring any hope to the Purple Faithful. The team has some injuries, but a good coaching staff would would be able to make adjustments, at least, to make it a little closer than a complete runaway. We need a new fresh start from the top down. That's right. Start over. 
with a whole new regime. General manager down, bring back Bud Grant. Yep, that'd be nice. But yeah, I, I wish we. I wish, but he'd, have, but he'd have to start over with a. He'd have to go in a time machine, though, unfortunately. <laughs> but no, I, I, I feel you. Cheryl Swing says, "Well, can't. Well, I can't see the game out here, but it gets worse every time I check the score." Mark says, "Do you catch the game on 570 WNAX?" Gerald says, "I grew up on that station. Used to go out to the barn. I used to go out to the barn and at night and listen to Twins games in the. Oh my! Doesn't that sound cool? In the 70s." Oh, that makes my imagination just float out there. It really does. Oh my gosh, that is uh, that is really cool. And I'm still not even done reading the comment. That is really cool, man. Oh, oh. I I wish I I wish I grew up in the 70s and 80s. I grew up in the 80s and 90s. I appreciate the 80s very much, and I remember listening on the radio to like the Twins and such in the late 80s, but man, oh man, oh man, oh man, the 70s, though, you can, then you get the 70s and the 80s, oh, let's get back to what he was taking, the 70s, Rod Carew, and that group, I grew up on a farm about 30 miles from Yankton, anyhow, I can't quite pick it up this far west, I'm in Scotts Bluff now, I'm in Scotts Bluff, but I can get it on my satellite radio and pick up, that's, that's cool, that's cool, Mike Dale says, okay, where am I? So, yeah, this is a long fan interaction, but that's okay. It's a lot to say, isn't there? Mike Dill says, the worst combined first-half performance by the Vikings this season, maybe the worst second-quarter performance ever, considering the usually feckless opposition. The Lions are hot garbage, but the Vikings are making them look competent. I don't know who has been worse, the secondary, the offensive line, or Kirk Cousins. Zimmer better have this team flip the script in the second half, or his impending departure will become sooner rather than later. Yep. <clears throat> Brett McCarthy says, well, I think Zimmer just punched his ticket out of town. Injuries playing a part, but these guys clearly are not ready to play. I'm looking to see if there's any news, but there probably isn't. If there is any news on Zimmer firing, it'll probably be tomorrow, is my guess. Probably. Because, I mean, if it happened, I'd like to see it, you know, like right now. Um... Yeah, it'll probably happen tomorrow if it happens. If it happens. And I might do a short show about it. I probably would. Um, Mike Dale says, my thoughts exactly. It's been a long time coming. At this point, they're just temporary stays of execution. Yep, 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 yep. Mike says, this game will hopefully pick up because right now it's a snooze fest and all that. Tony Coleman was saying, yeah, Mike was saying, Bichard Breland has been god-awful along with Woods. Uh, Tony Coleman says, if it had been Rodgers or Brady, you would think, uh, you think that would have been nor that face mask, not a chance. F the refs. And yeah, that was a bad one there, too. Kirk Cousins on the interception was, uh, not an interception, but the fumble. It was a fumble, officially. Uh, that, yeah, and I should have mentioned that in the first half, but again, just so many other things to talk about in the rant that I had. Uh, yeah, he was clearly, the, the helmet moved all over the place, just like Jared Goffs did. Remember I joked about that? Missed he, my helmet moved. Oh, Kirk Cousins' helmet moved. <laughs> that should not have been a fumble at all. That was a uh, roughing the passer. They did call one later after a touchdown, which was cute and everything. We appreciate it. So, yeah, um, that's how that goes. Dave Hickey said, what a joke, being beat by a winless team and pretty much dominated by them. If these SOBs don't get a touchdown here, I'm going to freak. Brad McCarthy was saying this is god-awful. No words to describe this. I think the Lions get their first win, and they sure did. Steve Searle says, yep, it's officially fire them all. 
Tony Coleman said this team isn't as good as that two-point conversion that Zimmer thinks they are. Yeah, oof. Oof, that's a good one. That's true. Yep. Man, oh man. <laughs> ben McCarthy was saying he'd love to hear that halftime speech. Oh, yeah. Ah, oh, my gosh. Ben McCarthy said, unreal. This is bad. And it was the longest eight seconds ever. That was at the end of the game. Hmm. Josh Mayer Henry makes an appearance. Welcome back. Uh, it's been eons. Well, he'll, he'll come, kind of comes and goes now, and Justin Mayer Henry never came back. I don't know what happened to him. Leland was saying maybe we can get a touchdown. McCarthy says, uh, well, fires him and Kubiak. Brad McCarthy says, going for two up the middle, and they expecting that. Come on, man. Yeah, that just kept happening, didn't it? Let's get to Josh, though. He said, uh, Josh Mayer Henry says, I don't understand why they were not putting pressure on Goff on that pass drive. He needs a, he need, heads need to roll. Yeah, the whole game, that was a huge issue. There was like no pass rush at all. Um, just nothing, nothing. And it didn't seem like they were even focused on it either. Let's get to the post-game stuff and keep it moving onward here. Already at an hour and a half. So yeah, we got to go at 16. No, that yeah. Wow, 16. 16. Holy crap. There were some some shows that had like four or five this this year. Well, that's what happens when you lose to the Lions. Mike Dale says, I have to laugh. These are the two worst coach teams in the league by far. The fact that the Lions were running the ball through the Vikings defense all day and decided to throw in fourth and inches when the fumble strip stack occurred. The entire Lions coaching staff should have been fired after the game on the spot. Yet, yet, the Vikings still end up not getting the job done. Three failed two-point conversions. Let that sink in, folks. Yep. This is the tale of two incredibly poor coach teams by trying their hardest to shoot themselves in the foot, hands shaking as they look down the as they look down their barrels, trying to take <laughs> trying to take aim, betting each other <clears throat> who had the best aim at shooting their pu- their pig pulsating toes. <laughs> I'm guessing he meant yeah, big pulsating toes. Turns out Zimmer and company were better at it on this day. You can make excuses for injuries, but we really should have pulled off a win against an 0-8-10-1 team. Therefore, Zimmer out now. Let that sink in. We lost to the worst coach team in the league. Yeah, we did. Yep. Jen, oh, there we go. Jen Hellstrom, welcome back. Great to hear, great to see her again. She says, absolutely horrible defense. Zimmer needs to go. Play calling is crap. Third and long. And let's pass three yards. Same thing every week. There was no need for that game to even be clo- to even be that close to begin with. Yeah, I, I agree, Jen. Great to hear from you. Keep coming. Uh, Gerald String says, well, crap. I thought the Vikings won until I checked on NFL website on the last play of the game. Wow. Well, that looks like Zimmer should be out, should be about done in Minnesota, I would guess. Kevin Revzik says, don't hold your breath. They probably extend his contract. I hope not. Yeah, and that's what Gerald said as well. And Kevin said, you never know about this. You never know with Ziggy. Tony Coleman says, take out take out the missed two-point attempts and put in successful extra points. The Vikings would the Vikings score would be at 30. Then with the Detroit point after, we would have gone to overtime. I know that's assuming the extra points would be made, with which with this kicker is a very big assumption. But why they opted to put no pressure on Goff and instead let him throw it when he had such a good completion percentage today is beyond me. This coaching staff has been awful in the fourth quarter especially. How embarrassing. As a Vikings fan who has got to work tomorrow and face co-workers, this loss is embarrassing. Yeah, but it's a big capitals there. It is. Yep. Mark Carlson says, 
the Vikings have the Vikings must have been the weakest team in the league. We just didn't know until now. What an embarrassment. Jeff Roiland, Iowa, which is like Mark Carlson says, what kills me is that the Vikes are leading in every game, but you can never feel comfortable. That defense is hot garbage, and they will always give it away. Only good thing today was Jefferson's performance, and yeah, it was a big one. One final thing, too. Uh, not final, because there's a couple more comments, but they're not too big. Um, one other thing I should mention about uh, Gerald Sring's call, and yeah, like he mentioned, how the Vikings led by seven versus San Francisco and how we led, at, led by seven in every game all season. Today, we didn't lead by seven once. Let that sink in. I think that should be the title of the episode. It's going to be Let That Sink In. That's just, it's everywhere. Let that sink in. <laughs> Eric Mustard says, time to play for draft picks, unlike how we've been playing before, I guess. Gerald String says, Eric Mustard, South Dakota, that is Gerald String says, too bad this wasn't on Thanksgiving in front of national TV, so we could have sucked even more, shaking my head. And yeah, it could have been, because Detroit in Detroit, Thanksgiving. Yeah, we missed it by this much, right? <laughs> Yankee says, Yankee out of Brooklyn Center says, thanks for not pressuring any receivers or the quarterback. Zimmer. Yep, I agree. Rocky Hens says, if I wanted to watch a bunch of primates try to establish dominance, I can see that that, that at the zoo for the price of a bag of peanuts. Amen? <laughs> where's where's Rocky from? Towson University. Cool. Oh yeah, I've, I've, I've seen him before. Come once or twice. Cool, cool, cool profile picture there. Tony Coleman says, I give up. Eric Mustard says, but enough from Coach Zimmer. How do you feel? <laughs> Good way to end things there. Awesome, guys. Thank you so much for the support over all these years and all the shows. 358 here, 1,000 overall, because I know some of you listen to multiple uh, podcasts like Timberwolves Explosion, Brave the Wild, maybe Showtime and T-Wolves. I didn't even mention that one. That was the other one, Showtime and T-Wolves, me and Vince Germano. Uh, it was a Timberwolves and Lakers show over the over Australia. Minnesota and Australia, kind of like, you know, the, the timing was tough, but we had a lot of fun doing that, and uh, schedules got in the way. It's still pending out there. Maybe one day we'll bring it back again, and it would be in the same feed and everything. It'd just be a hiatus of uh, astronomic proportions, considering it is an international podcast, which is not common. You don't usually <laughs> have an international podcast, but uh, just maybe certain episodes, but an actual podcast itself, not easy to do. In the, because of the timing, you know, it's a completely different world in Southern Hemisphere and Southern Eastern Hemisphere versus Northwestern. It's a big, big difference, you know, in the timing. <clears throat> As Vince Romano would say, greetings from the future, because it is the future over there, right? In a lot of ways. <clears throat> Gold star for this episode? <laughs> Gold star for this episode. Not easy to do, but then again, certain in some ways it is. Guess what? Uh, guess what? Mad Martin's back in the Gold Star category. Gold star for Mad Martin. <laughs> yep. Silver star. Gold-plated silver star for Mike Dale. And Mike Dale. Gerald Sring definitely going to be bringing those in. And I want to give one more gold star. If you don't mind. Uh, yeah, I'm going to give a gold star also to uh uh, Mike Dale. So Mike Dale will get that one. Gerald String and Tony Coleman share the silver. Again, it's a season of giving, right? Bronze stars to... What was he? Where was he? Where was he? Oh, man. Um, I think he reminded me. Yeah, uh, I have to probably go back to the uh, other one. I want to make sure I give it to the right people here. Doggone it. Doggone it. I had it open. Yeah, all comments. So, Dave Vicky for sure, and 
where was the other guy? Where did he go? I had him on there, and now I don't know where he went. Steve Searle. Steve Searle will bring in the bronze. Yep, that's why I want to bring Steve Searle. We'll share the bronze as well. So with that said, that's, yep, with that said, hoping the Minnesota Vikings, uh, I, I don't know. It's not about hoping they're going to win necessarily because what good is it going to do at this point? It's uh, hoping the Minnesota Vikings make the right decisions for the future of this franchise. Um, I want to win a Super Bowl. I don't want to make the playoffs and lose in the first round. I don't want to miss the playoffs by a game or so and say, what a great effort. At least we came back. At least we're still 500. At least we're not 3-14. Three and, three and 14. At, least we're not, at least we're not the Lions. I don't want to talk that like that. I, I don't want to talk like that. That's stupid. That's stupid. At least we're not the Lions or the Jaguars. Yeah, well, yeah, but yeah, but what what difference does it make if you're not winning the play, not winning in the playoffs? It's not any fun screwing around in the middle either. It's not. It's like imagining you know a ton of girls, but none of them want to date you. A ton of beautiful girls, but none of them want to date you. Or you're a guy who doesn't know any girls and whatever. That'd be like Jacksonville, Detroit. The Vikings are the guy that has a ton of female friends, but none of them want you. You're always in the friend zone. That sucks. What if you knew, what if you were the Patriots and you meet the most beautiful girl ever? And it's like, that's like a, you know, and you're like at the top of the world and blah, blah, blah. That's how it's supposed to be. Right? Right? That's kind of what the Vikings are. We're in the friend zone. Do you want to be in the friend zone? Or maybe a girl will tease you for like a couple weeks or a couple months or something and then dumps you. That's what's like losing in the first round. Or you get really far along, and then they 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 oh they're seeing someone else. Yeah, that's the Philadelphia Eagles right there, or actually the New Orleans Saints game in two thousand nine. That's a good analogy. At the end of the day, oh, this show was long enough. I apologize. Uh, hoping all of you. I'm gonna go out and enjoy some Christmas lights. Hope you guys like to do the same. Some of you, uh, some of you uh, like Ali Sidikai if he's listening. Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Hanukkah to any out there that may be in uh, that may be Jewish. Uh, Merry Christmas. To all of us that celebrate it, I absolutely love Christmas very much. I love Christmas lights. I'm going to go look at them right after the show is uh, uploaded. Can't wait to do that. Let that sink in. (laughs) Well, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. There will be a show Sunday, not Thursday, but Sunday. I'll try to get that together and do the best I can for uh, Purple Mafia yet again. That would be be like the uh, thousandth and fourth episode, I do believe. (laughs) Until next time, take care, everybody, and God bless.